0: Persons you're listening to No Names All Game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Tuesday, November fifteenth, and your Nittany Lions are eight and two after a thirty to nothing shutout over the Maryland Twerps. A game that featured excellence in all three phases of football. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always by my co-host Pat Click. Yo, Pat, it was a good weekend. The fun game of football. How you feeling, my man?
1: It was a great weekend. I, you know, I didn't get to, uh, like watch it as intently as I wanted because I was at a wedding. But I managed to be pretty much glued to my phone during the first, you know, hour or so of that wedding. Um, <laughs> and I, I liked what I saw. You know, I, I turned it off when we were punting and stuff like that. Um, but I gotta tell you, man, I liked what I saw. Absolutely dominant. My only mistake at all was thinking Maryland would score any points
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> in my yep. same game
0: parlay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of us thought it would be a little bit closer than it was. A lot of people were picking it to be like a close game, a trap game. Uh, Manny Diaz in the defense said, nope, you get nothing. Um, Yeah. Fun game. Fun game. Lots to talk about. We'll get into our awards. Um, I feel like this episode might be a little bit of a quicker one when everything goes well. Uh, There's not as much to talk about, uh, but let's start like we always do with our Lion Award, which is the MVP of the game. Who is your Lion this week?
1: All right, Chris. I always get to go first, so I always get the really obvious one. So this yep. time, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the layup, and I'm taking Abdul Carter. Okay. Um, dude, Abdul Carter? Not only did he have a great game on the stat sheet—seven tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, and two QB hurries—but he did this stepping in for the most veteran, experienced player on the defense. Um, You know, this is a kid who we all thought was just like kind of full of ability, but maybe wouldn't see the field a lot because he was behind Curtis Jacobs all year, and then was so undeniable that he had to be on the field with Curtis Jacobs. And then when Curtis Jacobs goes down, man, he steps in more than well enough to make up for the fact that we're missing a guy of that caliber. What a game from Abdul Carter, not just because of the stats, but because of how he did it and what the moment was like.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great pick. That's funny. That's not who I thought you were going to go with. I actually thought you might give me the layup, and I thought you were going to pick someone else, so I had a couple more.
1: I have, um, I have another award for that other guy.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> I figured that was coming. Um, yeah, great game by Abdul Carter. Uh, I think uh, Sean Fitz from uh, – I was going to say 24-7, but he's over at uh, BWI on three, whatever they're called now. Uh, I um, he's on, yeah, he's the BWI now. Uh, but he, he tweeted out uh, – micah with a nice rush there uh, because you just see number 11 flashing Mm -hmm. and it's like it's reminiscent man you're seeing a freak athlete wearing number 11 doing some great things on the field so yeah shout out abdul um and you mentioned no curtis jacobs this game had no olu fashanu uh and a surprise no joey porter jr which we learned today in the press conference from james franklin uh was suffering from appendicitis so feel better joey that sucks i've never had it personally but i heard that's not a fun it is painful You've I had it, understand.
1: no, but from what I okay. understand, it is really bad, yeah. so Joe um, Joey, rest up. The update I just saw there is not expected to see him for the rest of the season.
0: see, that's is that's what most people were like tweeting once it's once it happened. But then Franklin in his press conference was like, yeah, we expect him back. I think oh, it's okay. like a multi I think it's a multiple week recovery. So like maybe the bowl game we got him back. Um, I can't imagine, you know, a projected first round pick, possibly number one corner, they would risk his health to play against Rutgers and and Michigan State. So um, that's getting off topic. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. But Abdul Carter, shout out. You are a lion. Um, I will take the layup. Uh, My lion this week goes to Sir Nicholas Singleton. True freshman running back with a fantastic day on the ground. 11 carries, 122 yards, and two touchdowns that were both just Incredible to watch. Um, both come out of that T formation that we've seen a bunch of times this year. Um, it's been frustrating at times because you see that. Everyone knows what's coming. Um, historically and and infamously did not work at Ohio State when we went for it on fourth down. But this game, you see him go for it on fourth down. The blocking is just excellent. And Nick hits that second gear and just, boom, takes off. Uh, and then later in the game, the second one, man runs through the tackles fighting off defenders simply would not go down for his second touchdown of the game. Uh it's been funny man. We've seen every week it almost seems to to bounce back and forth. It's a Nick game then it's a Catron game then it's a Nick game and it's just fun to watch them both but man Nick Singleton showed what he can do this game with the speed and then also uh it was just so much fun to see him running hard-nosed up the middle, through the tackles, lowering his shoulder. You can see it's starting to click for him. Things are starting to unlock. He's not just relying on the I'm faster than you. It's the I'm more talented and I'm going to win. So shout out, Nick Singleton. You are my lion of the week.
1: Yeah, he was a bad man. You know, averaged over 10 yards a carry, I believe, um, and looked great between the tackles too. He was doing things that like you kind of hadn't seen him doing so far this year where he was breaking tackles in in the middle and running straight through the line and just looked so good. I mean if that is a glimpse of things to come for Nick Singleton man. That is a special backfield we've got going.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And let's uh let's let's insert a Twitter question here because it is uh pertaining to this. our good friend Sweene's Sweeney Eggs and Ham says do you think we can do enough to keep Catron and Singleton happy For them to both stay three years obviously we are in the world of the transfer portal people kind of run more often than not or more often than they used to because they're able to um i I know my answer pretty clearly on this one what do you think yeah i don't see it being an issue to be
1: honest um you know they both get enough playing time enough carries to showcase that they belong in the nfl um, I think especially in today's NFL and today's college football, the fact that they're not getting a crazy workload, I think will be good for their draft stock. It will make that, make them fresher in the NFL, but that yeah. the still time at the same time, they're still showcasing what special talents they are. So I think it's a totally, totally okay situation with the two of them.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I, th- I think that second point is the biggest one. Like they are not Killing their legs, killing their bodies, and they're still both getting good work. Like in this game, yeah, Nick went 11 for 122. Katron went 16 for 73. Like he still had his moments. Um, yeah. Like I was looking at the staff. If you combine them, like if this was one single runner who was just like a workhorse, he's up there with like the Blake Coram's the B. John Robinson's, the best running backs in college football. I think they have 18 touchdowns combined between the two of them. Um, yards are definitely over a 1,000 at this point. Like, Together, they are an incredible running back. So to keep them both fresh, to showcase their abilities, and to probably both go pretty early in the NFL draft if they keep doing what they're doing, I think they're very happy to stay and and be in this situation at Penn State. Um, All right, let's move on to awards. Uh, Typically, we give two. I don't know why I say that every week. It's always two. But, uh, Pat, start us off with your first award. Who are you giving it to? Or what is it called?
1: It is going to be the Kevin Conroy award.
0: Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Who's Kevin Conroy?
1: Okay. So, this week was it was a week of highs and lows. The ecstasy of a Penn State shutout was tempered by the death of a man who was very special to my childhood.
0: Oh, was this Batman,
1: the, the absolute definitive Batman, Kevin Conroy.
0: Okay.
1: Whose famous most famous line as as Batman was I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Chop Robinson. Yes, revenge, baby. Absolutely. Chop Robinson who kind of, you know, downplayed this I think all season what it would be like going back to Maryland, but even his teammates couldn't hide how how important this was to him. Uh I mean, two sacks on the day, a, another tackle for loss in there. Um an absolute monster on the line. Um yeah, I forget who it was, but someone after his second sack was holding up the two to the Abdul Maryland Carter. sideline. Yeah. Abdul yeah. shutting up that team that sidelined all those fans who said he was gonna be nothing.
0: Yep, yep. I, I. That's who I when when I thought, I thought you were gonna give me the layup of Singleton for Lion. I thought you might take Chop there. So glad he got an award. Um, and I'd like to give a special shout out to a Twitter user named Jordan Gold who on April 12th tweeted, we are all going to laugh about this Chop Robinson situation when Maryland goes into Penn State this year and leaves with a W. Hey, Jordan, get chopped. Right, baby. Um, I think
1: he ate, if I remember, I looked at his profile, he ate that L on, on Twitter graciously.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, like, listen, I, that's why I said get chopped and not get fucked. I'm sure Jordan's a very nice guy, but that tweet aged aged like sour milk. Yeah. Uh, and- Poorly. Yeah, and Chop, Chop had a great day. Um, another Twitter question we'll insert here from uh, from Drew Cagle, Cagle's Bagels. Uh, he says, great revenge game from Chop Robinson this week. Do you think he could be playing himself into a first to second round pick in a year or two? And I want to say first before you answer this, I learned this weekend from a tweet from uh, from our friend TK that Chop is young i thought this was an arnold Ebbakady situation where he was coming in for a year as like a senior and leaving he's a true sophomore this is Mm -hmm. his second year in college football we have at least one more full year maybe two out of him uh which is so fun because you look at the stats and as well as he's played this year the numbers aren't insane he's got four sacks he has like 19 or 20 total tackles he's only logged stats in like five or six games um, if you remember the beginning of the year, they weren't playing him as much. It was kind of a rotational thing. I think he missed a game here or there. So like seeing the potential of what he is, I think this is actually a great question from Kegel. Do you think he could be playing himself into a, a high round draft pick?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think if he, he's got to really stack up some numbers next year, I think, uh, cause he showed that he very much can play, but has, hasn't done it with those gaudy numbers. And I think it is, you know, it's tough to. Make yourself a first round pick without those, unless you're like, you know, an absolute physical freak, like a Dafeo way.
0: Correct. Correct. Yeah. And I, I think that's the case. Like I said, it's 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 a very different situation than Ebucady, right? Ebicady came in, was a surefire starter right away, racked up like 60 tackles, nine and a half sacks, just had an unbelievable year to cement himself in that. I think for Chop, it's like he saw, hey, I have the potential. I have the talent. I am going to make this switch now early in my career to set myself up for that future. Um, and I think, you know, he's on the right trajectory, right? Where, like I said, very limited, limited play this year for as much as we've seen him. it, it You look at the numbers, it has been limited. Four sacks in, in, you know, five or six games of play. Awesome. And I think he'll continue to build on that, especially with the rest of the D-line continuing to get better around him.
1: Yeah, I, I think he can threaten for double digit, digit sacks next season.
0: Absolutely, yeah. He, I mean, he will be a starter next season. I don't, I don't see how he wouldn't be. Um, and uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. There's a lot of guys probably returning, but anyway, he will get a lot of playing time next year. He has proven himself this year, and yeah, I think in a in a couple of years we'll be hearing his name called earlier than later in the NFL draft. All right, my first award. Uh, my first award is the Sam Darnold Award. Sam uh, Darnold. You, you and I are both Jets fans. We are very familiar yes. with Sam Darnold. Um, and this one uh, takes us back to a game in 2019. The New York Jets were playing the New England Patriots. And Sam Darnold was just getting rocked. And a hot mic picked up on the sideline. He said, ah, I'm seeing ghosts out there. And this goes to six different guys. This goes to Zane Durant, Adita Isaac, Abdul Carter, Jair Brown, Chop Robinson times two, and Amin Vanover because they made Talia Tungavailoa see ghosts out there. Seven sacks on the day, a couple more tackles for loss. They disrupted this kid, who, for what he is, for being at Maryland, was having a pretty good year. Uh, My what to watch for, we didn't record an episode, but we put it out in the form of tweets. My what to watch for this week was, can we get pressure to disrupt him, Talia, and force him to make mistakes? And they delivered like seven sacks on the day. He has been sacked. Talia has been sacked 14 times all year. We got half of that in one game. Uh-huh. Um, now, granted, Maryland had has another quarterback who's been sacked like six or eight times as well. But Talia is a little mobile. He can escape 14 times on the year. We get seven in one game. Leads to a stat line of 11 passes of 11 out of 22 passes for 74 yards. No touchdowns. These men made him and see ghosts. and a
1: hot negative 45 rushing
0: yards yes yes <laughs> <laughs> add that to the stat line negative 45 um i i, I was going to give it to like the whole defense i was going to give it the defensive line but like these six dudes came to play all got a sack chop got two uh and they made him see ghosts it was exactly what we needed to do to neutralize you know one of the real only weapons that maryland had on offense was was Talia's completion success and and his ability to make plays. And we completely shut him down. So shout out to all those guys.
1: Love that. And, you know, this is the second week in a row where I've watched a quarterback play against Penn state and go, he he might not make it out of this game. Yeah. Yeah. Between him and Jack Tuttle last Mm -hmm. weekend in Indiana. I mean, Penn state's defensive line is bringing pressure and getting home right now. It is fun to watch.
0: It really is, man. And and shout out, quick side note, shout out to Manny Diaz was announced today as a uh, Broyles Award nominee, which is given to the best assistant coach in uh, the country. Uh, And I did some digging on like his stats and like there are some that aren't great. You know, if you look at just like the pass yards per game or the rush yards per game, they're not stellar. But you look at some of the ones that count and and he's been doing damn good. Um, Scoring defense, we're allowing 19 points per game. That's 16th in the country. Um, I'm not a big fan of like, Oh, if you just take out this game and this game, but we know Michigan and Ohio state were high scoring affairs outside of that, that drops to like 12 or 13 points a game. This defense has been very good in that aspect. Um, red zone percentage, uh, only allowing scores 71% of the time, which is good for eighth in the country sacks, which I, you know, just mentioned in this award, uh, we have 30, which is good for three per game. If You're getting three sacks per game. That's pretty damn good. Um, you know, we talked in another episode. There were a couple of years in a row uh, with Coach Chaos that we were hitting that 40 number. We're not quite there, but, you know, doing damn he good. Got a shot. Three a game is pretty good. Uh, that's 16th in the country. Tackles for loss, 73 so 7.3 a game it's good for 14th in the country uh and turnovers gained is 18 this year uh so almost two per game uh, and that's good for 25th in the country so uh yeah this award like i said goes to those six guys i mentioned but really you know a shout out to the entire defense a shout out to manny diaz this was this was a defensive clinic this game um all right what is your second award sir
1: I'm going with the Jacket Money Award.
0: Jacket Money? Jacket Money. Like money in your jacket? Like a coat?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you put on a coat, you haven't. Oh, it like in you months, found it? You found fa- Like you, you find, found a
0: 20. You find a little 20 in the pocket, and it's a nice surprise. Oh, this might be the same guy that I have an award going to then. <laughs> Is it Jake Vinnegar? It's Jake Vinegar. <laughs> <Yeah. right. laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. Double awards for Jake Vinegar. Double award, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, of, of all, like, the drooling I've been doing over, you know, a lot of guys on this team who have been pleasant surprises and played, you know, better than we thought they would, sooner than we thought they would. You know, a guy I hadn't been super confident in until recently is Jake Pinniger, who is quietly becoming very reliable and hits a 50-yard field goal in this game. You know, that's more than just reliable. That is a big leg right there. got to. He,
0: had... he had a 50 and a 46, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's incredible you you got to be really happy and just pleasantly surprised. Like the kind of surprise that makes your day a little bit.
0: Yeah. Like when you find a 20 in an old coat, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, shout out a side note. If you haven't heard that bit from Gary Goldman, up comedian, it is incredible. It's on one of his old stand-up specials called In This Economy. He does a whole bit on finding a 20 in an old coat. It is iconic. Check it out. <laughs> um, mine is not nearly as clever. Mine was just the hand up award. Uh, and that goes to Jake Pinneger because my hand is up. I was wrong. I was wrong. Uh, I have said on this podcast several times, like, hey, when is it time to start seeing, you know, if the young kid has something? Uh, Sanders to You know, we've heard he has a huge leg. Uh, He can kick from 50 and 60 with ease. Um, And, and, you know, you see Jake miss a couple of 30s here and there. And I'm like, "Ah, like, what are we wasting our time with? Like, he's just not it. And yeah, I was wrong, man. Uh, Three for three on the day with a 50 yarder, a 46 yarder. And, you know, this game was a blowout from the start. You know, it wasn't one of those ones where you necessarily need that to win the game or the games on the line, but makes me feel a lot more confident seeing that he can do that. You know, if we're in a bowl game and it's a tight game and we need a 46 yarder, I can look to this game and say, yeah, he can do it. Obviously different, different situation, different pressure, of course, but like, the more he does this, the more confidence he gets. And like, I think this is his last year of eligibility, right? Does he have one more? I believe this is the last year. I think this is his last. So it's not necessarily like we're building on to, to the future, but, you know, maybe this helps him get a shot at the NFL. Maybe maybe this gets him an invite to, you know, one of the one of the senior bowls that, where he can showcase. And, you know, he's come along throughout the season with some early miscues and some inconsistencies over the past years, losing the job to Jordan Stout at times. It's just been really fun to see him kind of come into his own and and have a really, really good game. So double award winner. Shout out Jake Benninger. Um, all right. Uh that is it for awards. Um there's some topics to talk about. Anything anything fresh on your mind? Anything you want to dive into from the start?
1: Um, I mean, I think like the one that was hot on Twitter is of course, as usual, the quarterback situation.
0: Of course. Uh, So let's start with that. Yeah, so let's start with uh with some congratulations first to to our boy, Sean Clifford, becomes Penn State's all-time leading passer breaking Trace McSorley's mark of 9,899 yards. Cliff now sits at 10,023. So he breaks the mark. He breaks the 10,000 mark. Um, and it's funny. We we always make the joke that like, oh, he's been here six years. He's been here 20 years. Of course he should break it. Like, I looked back. He, he has one extra full season. Um, you look he's back also at Trace. two more games. What, because of the shortened season?
1: Yes. He's got two more games than Trace McSorley.
0: No way. Yes is it you're kidding me yes okay i I guess what hand up again because i did not know (laughs) that um i was looking at the stats and like trace has three full years he has like 100 yards in his freshman year Uh, i looked at hackenberg hackenberg has three full years you know he's third on the list um with eight thousand four hundred something also he had a hilarious tweet uh, I think it was, like, Onward State or something put the list up. And somebody replied, like, how the fuck is Hackenberg number three? And Hackenberg replies, like, uh, maybe because I threw for that many yards? I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I thought Cliff had, like, two full more years. It's one full more year, and according to you, two more games. So, puts it into perspective a little bit. Yeah,
1: I think it's, like, 46 starts versus 48 or something like that.
0: Okay. All right. Well, hey, hat off to Cliff. Um, they, they talked about that a little bit in the presser today, uh, with Franklin, um, talking about how, you know, senior day is coming up one last start in Beaver stadium for him and how he hopes he gets the love that he deserves. And, uh, you know, we, we've had our fun this year fun, may not be the right word, but we've, we've gone through the ringer with Clifford and we've talked about how we should move on and how it should be aller time and all that. But it, it is fun to see him, you know, get his flowers. He breaks the record. Uh, trace congratulated him on Twitter. Uh, and he'll have his send off on senior day as well. And and you know what? I'll 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 make sure I give a nice a nice you know well thought out maybe a notes app letter an open letter to Sean Clifford to uh, express my gratitude. Um, but yeah, to to the point of you know, the Aller Cliff situation. I thought it was kind of ridiculous that that Drew didn't come in till like three and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Um, we were up twenty twenty one nothing I think. Uh, with with a minute and change left going into the half. somebody I saw somebody, I don't remember who, sorry, I'm, I'm not crediting them right now, but someone tweeted, like, that was a perfect opportunity to get him a two-minute drill opportunity, right? See if he can drive down the field, set it up. And, and you know, we did. We got a field goal out of that. So, um, you know, obviously, keeping Cliff resulted in points, but that would have been nice for Drew. I was personally shocked that he didn't come out just right after halftime and start. What What were your thoughts when it was happening live?
1: Yeah, I was, uh, like I said, you know, it was tough for me to follow along super closely. So I would like right. check in. I'm like, why Why is Sean still in? Um, I And mean, also, first of all, aside from the congratulations uh, for breaking the record, let me just go on record, you know, I, I'm, I understand the Clifford fatigue, but I'm really tired of like the outright Clifford hate. You're talking about a kid who's been good for this program. I'm sorry. You know, aside from being the all-time leader in passing yards, he's also the all-time leader in completion percentage. So he's not as bad as any of you are making him out to be. Uh, is is he limited in his ability? Of course he is. But he's been a good college football quarterback. Um, I when, when I was listening to a podcast, uh, you know, the BWI podcast, those guys are great. I was listening to their podcast with the Indiana correspondent for on three. He referred to Sean Clifford as, as a great college quarterback. Now I think that's a bit much, but th- like that is the perspective of this kid from a different program. Okay. And not only that, he is, an undisputedly great leader on the field, off the field. The, the you know There's a reason he's in the position he's in, and it's not just because of his ability to play football. It's because the guys in that locker room, the guys on that field, fucking love him, and they would go to battle for him every week. That's why he is where he is. He's a great guy. He's a great leader. He is a great representation of this football program. All right? So shout out to Sean Clifford there. Um, yeah. Yeah. That being Agreed. said. I would have liked to see Drew Aller in the game earlier. You pointed out, you know, the two-minute draw, I think, is really the biggest thing. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, as much as I want Drew to get all the throws I can, would would him being in for, you know, an extra two series, you know, at the beginning of the second half, is that going to affect the trajectory of his career? Likely not.
0: So (laughs) we're, we're, we're
1: all overreacting a bit. Yeah. But it's still frustrating because like the game is very clearly out of reach. Just let the kid play. Sean's got his record. Um, the, the win is secured. Let Drew get in there, get some get some valuable reps,
0: you know? Yeah. Um yeah, I yeah, agree. I mean, and
1: it would have been better.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like I'm not mad at it. Like I think I I've fully I've fully gotten over that that yeah, conversation. I'm done caring that much about it. I don't I don't. Like I you I have been incredibly vocal about it. I've been incredibly vocal on Twitter. Um I hope I hope my fatigue and my frustration doesn't come off as cliff hate. I'm sure it does. No, y- yours people. is not. I don't hate him. I no, I I bad. thank him. I thank him for a lot of what he's done and just in this season I was ready to move on. And I you know what? I will pen that open letter to, to show my support to, to Mr. Sean. Um there was a clip for from post game where where they were interviewing him talking about like, you know, what it all means and and everything and you know, it was it was really really nice. Um he was talking about how, you know, he he you know, the record is great, but, you know, it's all about the memories and the, the experiences and yeah, he goes, do do I wish I had some throws back? Yeah, I wish I had a hundred throws back, but like, you know, it's about what we've done here and, and this community. And like, like you said, just like a really good kid, a good leader. So like for as much guff as I've given him to use a, a word from like the 1830s. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, It is his show to finish this year. Uh, There was another Twitter question from Chris, Lions 26, says, what bowl game seems more realistic? We'll touch on that in a minute. But he said, who do you think will start whatever bowl game we get? I think it's Cliff. Like, I think at this this point, Cliff is starting every game. He's going to start Rutgers. Like, Rutgers would be the game where you throw Drew out there and and have him do the whole thing. Cliff's going to start that game. Cliff's going to start Michigan State. Cliff's going to start the bowl game because – like, why not at this point? Every, everyone was like, oh, it'll happen after the, the first loss. Oh, it'll happen after the second loss. Oh, it'll happen after the record. No, Franklin wants to give Cliff his deserved playing time, quote unquote. Uh, and that's just how it's going to be. So I'm not going to get angry about it anymore. Um, but yeah, I do want to see Drew continue to get good reps because, you know, <laughs> Not gonna harp on this right now, but god damn it, some of those deep balls from Cliff were so frustrating in this game. Uh we ran a flea flicker that was executed perfectly. Barker Washington is open, just overthrows him. Uh T Frank. Yeah, he had a who, bad game. Yeah, T Frank, who I really respect, uh is a great uh analyst for for BWI on three, whatever they are. Uh I, I keep I, I think they've merged. I don't know. I'm sorry if I keep getting that wrong. So BWI but had, is the Penn State like wing of on three. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. It's the podcast. Yeah. Got it. So, so T Frank tweeted at one point after one of Cliff's bad throws, he goes, something's holding back this offense. I just can't put my finger on it. Like, yeah. So, you know, we're winning. We're eight and two. We're on our way to 10 and two in a new Year's six bowl game. Like I'm not going to get mad about it anymore, but yes, I want to see Drew get valuable, valuable time in these last couple games.
1: Yeah, and you know, part of the frustration, at least for me, is like I'm. I think I'm more of a Cliff supporter than a lot of the fan base. Definitely, um, is that a lot of the things that he was bad at this weekend was stuff that he seemed to be getting better at the past few weekends. You know, yeah. with, even starting at Michigan, he had his deep ball accuracy had been a lot better. Um, his, you know. I would say the past two weeks, it's been a bit of a step back with Indiana as well, and a little frustrating to see him do it against two bad teams. Right. Um, you know, he made the terrible read at Indiana with the, um, the interception. Uh, and, you know, T Frank also brought up a good point on the BWI podcast that, you know, and this is a not definite, but absolute first play of the game, Sean Clifford gets drilled in the hip with a helmet. And then Spencer, yeah. that's the game, not really stepping into his throws and overthrowing. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's now, true. I,
1: I, I can't definitively say that's what happened. And, you know, he's playing through pain and that's why he's not making all those throws, but like, it is possible. Um, I, I think it's, you know, in a 30, nothing victory, you can give him the benefit of the doubt on that. Sure.
0: Sure. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it was, it was some of those where like, we're we're dominating on defense, we're winning the game. So like, you don't get mad at those. You almost just laugh. You're like, yep, Sean Sean missed the deep ball again. Whatever. If that's like a close game and we're in like a trap game scenario where we're playing down to the competition, I'm fuming. But because things (laughs) were going well, it is what it is. Like, uh, I've said my piece. Let's enjoy it. Um, Drew, you know, Got a couple of series uh, and three of six for 18 yards. Had a nice run, uh, had one run for 12 yards where he steps up in the pocket, escapes the tackle and takes off, um, which is awesome to see. You know, he's not a super mobile quarterback. He's like what, 200 something pounds. Um, so that was nice to see. You know, we hadn't really seen that before. Um, but I, I hope in the Rutgers game, you know, we're seeing a similar script where we're dominating the first half and Drew can play the full second half. That would be my wish. Um, yeah. other things, other things I had noted, um, we talked about it in the, in the line award, but the T formation was just nice to see. Uh, I don't know if I said this already, but I want to say it again on the first touchdown, uh, blocking was just excellent. Uh, Ktron hits his man, like in the backfield, Brenton strange, get, strange gets up to hit the guy on the right side to open it. Um, but a huge shout out to Tyler Warren. He helps, like, seal the inside to create the hole and then immediately gets to the second level to take on the one lone uh, Maryland defender that could have got Nick. So great run by Nick, but the blocking was amazing. I don't remember if I said that earlier, so I wanted to make sure I said it now. Tight end blocking, you know, the blocking
1: in general has been so much better this year. Uh, It's been such a nice thing to watch, especially with injuries on this offensive line. I mean, this is something that the past... Five years would have this amount of injuries on the line would have killed us, like sank yeah. the season. Um, and so like that's been great, but the, even the tight end blocking man has been so improved. It's been awesome. It was cool to see Tyler Warren uh, throwing some good blocks out there because he seemed like he had not had the follow up to last season that a lot of us expected him to. So I, you know, even though he didn't do much on the stat sheet, I like seeing him out there making important plays.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out to the O-line. I, I, I didn't have any notes about them, which is a good thing, um, but there are, we are down. Like I said, Fashanu was not playing. Our best lineman, you know, projected possibly first round draft pick. Um, and you got guys like Drew Shelton, you know, freshman in there doing his best. Um, so shout out to the O-line. They did great. Uh, shout out to, uh, to James Franklin. Got himself an unsportsmanlike penalty. He said his first of his coaching career. Uh, and immediately got down and did 15 pushups. Uh, I was in the bar watching this game. Didn't know really what happened. I just see him doing push-ups. I was like, what the fuck? same Very um, confused. immediately videoed it. Cause I was like, I need this. So I just started recording the TV and then realized what happened. And I was like, that's my coach accountability right away. Love it.
1: Yeah. I thought it was great. I saw a bunch of boners on Twitter.
0: Yeah. Like not liking this. You guys are fucking clowns. Get over yourselves. P- People are like, oh, he had to make sure the cameras were on him because, all no, shut up! Like he he got. He would have done it if they weren't
1: on him, too. Yeah, he so, got called for it. a
0: flag and and showed his people, hey, I'm um, I'm gonna do my. I'm sure people who do penalties have to do something in practice. I mean, mm-hmm. I played high school football. You get a penalty, you're running laps, right? Like, and this is college football. T1, I'm sure there are some things that happen when you have penalties. He paid his penance right away. So shout out James Franklin. I thought that was pretty good. Um, the only, other, the only other note that I have, uh, shout out PSU Dylan on Twitter. Uh, this might be my favorite stat of all time. He tweeted out, uh, Penn State had 27 points at half, Maryland had 27 yards. <laughs> that's just, that's just, yep. that's just fun. Um, I the only I other Nick
1: Singleton had more yards on fourth down than Talia Tungabaloa had all the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, because both his big runs came on fourth <laughs> down, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh that's great. Um the only other twitter questions we have here uh the beginning of Kegels bagels uh was was that first half as satisfying as the 59 nothing game in Maryland in
1: 2019? I'd say so. Maybe maybe a little bit less because um even though we were scoring like the the passing offense was frustrating at times. Yeah. Whereas like the 59 nothing was just like nothing was not working
0: and what wasn't that the game that they like canceled classes for oh yeah yeah so i mean i just like maryland is what maryland is like the little mosquito on my arm that just won't leave like they want to be our rival and i hate engaging um because this is like the pit stuff from years ago like Pitt wanted to be our rival i was like shut up like this is you know for a while this is how ohio state looked at us like yes we know we're your biggest game we don't care about you i think maybe we've gotten a little bit of respect over the years there um but I don't care about Maryland. I don't see them as a rival. Like I just, I don't want to engage, but they were just talking so much shit on Twitter. Like, yeah, it was satisfying. So I'll take that as a, as a, yeah, fuck you. This is, we are who we thought we were. So shut up. Um, what else, what else? Oh, and then, uh, yeah, the other one that I said we'd come back to from Chris. Uh, what bowl game seems more realistic? Um, a lot of the projections right now are citrus, orange, cotton. Do you have any preference, any ideas, any thoughts of like where you think we'll actually end up, or do you, do you care where we end up?
1: Uh, unless it's the rose bowl and I can go, I do not care.
0: <laughs> fair, fair passes in LA for those that don't know, that would be an easy trip for you. Um, yeah, I think, I think this year's not not a bowl year for me travel wise um i've gone to a couple in the past they've always been a good time they've been very very fun um i just don't really have plans to go this year so i don't really care um but some of the matchups that i'm seeing are intriguing like i, I saw a couple of the projections earlier uh it was like citrus bowl against Ole miss Ole miss is having a good year they're a good sec yeah. team they played alabama kind of tight like i'd love to see how we match up against them you know, like there, this is this is the consistent. Like, yes, SEC is the powerhouse. Then Ohio State. What else? Well, Michigan is making themselves known this year, and I would love to be able to go play a, you know, respected SEC team and and come out with a W. That would be fun. An SEC contender, um, man. They
1: were they yeah. were in the lead in that division until this weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, like, I don't care which bowl we go to. I would just like to have like a worthy opponent. Like, I, I don't want to see one of those ones. Like I saw one where it was like against UCF. I don't even know how they're doing this year, but like, that doesn't excite me. Um, there's a couple others that I was just like, yeah that wouldn't like, that wouldn't seem fun. I think a game against like an Ole Miss, even in LSU, um, you know, I know that game was just ridiculous against Arkansas, but like they've, they beat Alabama. Like you know. Oh, yeah. That beat- was
1: such an unimpressive showing against Arkansas. Though. Oh,
0: gross, gross. And I, I bet, I bet so much on that game. And, did not cover, so that was not fun. Um, they they but- they got
1: me both ways in that game. I um, I I took them in my three leg parlay at mm. minus three, and they pushed. Yep. Um, and then I I hedged my bets a little bit for a same game parlay in that, and I hit two out of the three legs, except the same game parlay changes the uh, the line by a
0: little bit, so I had Arkansas covering two and a half. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that's brutal. That's, it was a tough betting week, man. I, I tweeted out. I had, I had Penn state minus 10, which easily covered and Penn state score over 33 and a half. We had 27 at halftime. I needed one fucking touchdown oh, and we ended up brutal. with a field goal. I was like, this is a lock, lock of a century. I mean, uh, I've always said it. I'll take a real life W over my bets, but it would have been nice to get both. Uh, <laughs> um, so I think that's all we got for this game. Anything else before we uh, before we wrap up here? Uh,
1: yeah, fans, I, I I need I need someone to tell me I'm not insane right now. I, I'm in an argument with a guy on Twitter, which I, is not good for my case of not being insane. <laughs> who's trying to convince me that Ohio State's win over Penn State was more impressive than Michigan's? Am I crazy for thinking Michigan's win was way more impressive?
0: Uh, no, no, I think I'm on your side there, Michigan. Michigan yeah. manhandled us. Yeah. We, 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 we were winning for three quarters against Ohio State. We fumbled. A yeah. And, and I'm, not I'm not crazy, taking, right? This no, I'm, not ta- I'm, not, I'm not taking anything away from Ohio State, right? They put the gas on in the fourth quarter yeah. and took over. I think they're probably they a better team,
1: but Michigan's win was more impressive.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm betting Ohio State. That, that game's this weekend, right? Yes. yes I'm almost is. positive. I, I will be betting Ohio State. I think they are the far superior team. I think they win that game. Um, but if you're comparing direct both of them against us, Michigan. We couldn't stop Michigan. We couldn't stop like a fucking nosebleed. I mean, they just ran all over us. Like we held Ohio state's offense in check for three quarters. Um, Yeah. That, that guy's doesn't make sense on Twitter. So shout out to him. Um, All right. Last plug uh, shout out uh, Pat Colicchio, our very own Pat Colicchio is a runner up in our power five touchdown survivor pool. Uh, It ended this week after 11 weeks. Shout out to Nick Fortino, who won the $300 prize. Uh, If you guys don't know about this, if you don't know about this, we've done it three years in a row now. Uh, I will promote it a bit more next year, try to get more people in it. But basically, it is just like an NFL survivor pool, where you pick a team each week, and if they lose, you're out. Only here, you pick a player in the Power Five conferences that you think are going to score a touchdown. If they score, you move on. If they don't, you get a strike. Two strikes, you're out. Once you pick a player, you can't pick them again. It's a lot of fun um the last couple years we did single elimination it only lasted a handful of weeks because it's really hard to predict who's going to score a touchdown for instance this week pat had Bijan robinson one of the best running backs in college football and unfortunately just did not find pay dart uh so it's a fun contest uh we're going to promote it a little bit more next year try to get more people in it's only 10 bucks to enter so hopefully we can get you know 50 60 70 people in get that pot way up uh, and we'll have some fun with it so That's all I got. Thirty to nothing, Maryland. You suck. Get off my shoulder. You're an annoying fly. Uh, On to Rutgers this week, where we are 19 point favorites on the road, Um, and we'll do a little bit of preview of that later this week. So, Pat, any last words? Loved
1: the game, boys. I'm looking forward to actually being able to watch this one. Um, Let's go 10 and two. Let's have a. Let's go to a New Year's Six Bowl, and let's. I can't remember the last time Penns state beat a legit college football program in a bowl game.
0: Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a couple. There's a couple. But yes, let's set when let's, when? I mean, we beat Washington in the Fiesta Bowl. That was not too long okay. ago. Yeah. I mean that was what, but 2017? You know Yeah. That's 2017. Um
1: and I'm I'm not hanging my hat. And I, I mean Washington puts out some good teams, but like if you're talking about Penn State really taking down some college football programs.
0: Yeah. And the yeah, first one fair. you're
1: going to is Washington.
0: It was the first one that came into my head. I'm sure we lost to But I to think Arkansas. it is the last, like, yeah.
1: We lost to we USC.
0: Lost to Arkansas. Lost to USC. Lost to... Beat Memphis. Beat Memphis. That's whatever. Yeah. They, yeah. Washington they they were the... the
1: team that year, but they're not much of a sure. program.
0: Sure. Okay, yeah. So I'm with you. Let's finish 10-2. and two. Let's get a good, hopefully, like, SEC opponent. I'm, I'm kind of targeting mm-hmm. Ole Miss at this point. I kind of want Lane Kiffin. Give me Ole Miss. Let's, let's go. Let's, let's stop those hypotheticals on Twitter of, oh, Penn State would finish 18th in the SEC. Let's go head to head. Let's see what happens. So your Penn State and the Lions, eight and two, two more games on the schedule. Let's finish strong. Thank you for listening. Check back in later this week for a Rutgers preview. We are.